Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome to The Athletic MBA Show, Monday through Friday, on The Athletic Podcast Network. We are back with the Hoops Adjacent episode of The Athletic MBA Show. David Aldrich here in D.C. Ducking and dodging. Uh, (laughs) Waz, are you back home? Did you get back home yet? Yeah, yeah, I'm back in L.A. I've been back for a week now. Uh, Just, you know, just cooling my heels over here in the COVID capital. Oh, dude, I, I saw the I saw the CNN lady breaking down. (laughs) <laughs> the other, uh, I guess it was last night. She said she had been to ten hospitals in Cali, and each one was worse than the last one she went to. It was wow, brutal, brutal. Damn. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I understand that that y'all are going through it for a minute. Uh, we have a very special guest this week. Love to have this guy on. And now I think I, I'm pretty sure we we're gonna have more of a bat phone type relationship with dude now. Now that he's <laughs> Now that he's part of the Lebertardian Empire, <laughs> Amin Elasan. Amin, what's up, man? What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me. Man, congratulations on the new gig, brother. Oh, no, thank you. It's It was, you know, DA, you know what it's like when you're at the Worldwide Leader and there are times where you don't kind of, you don't feel like the, there's life outside of those walls. Oh, sure, sure. And then you discover, no, there's plenty of life and and. <laughs> <laughs> for me it was just it was easy because i was jo- joining dan and those guys uh yeah. you know it, them leaving the time that they did made it easy for me to make the decision uh to make the jump okay so what what are you going to be doing i mean i know you've been on dan's show obviously many many years so um what are they, what are they thinking about and what are you thinking about well, D- dan asked me the same question yesterday and i said i thought i was <laughs> Y'all were just gonna pay me to hang out and talk basketball every once in a while. I didn't realize. Wait, there are other actually job duties you want me to do around here. <laughs> I'm sure you'll figure it out. We'll, we'll figure it out. I, I look. I'm. I'm. This is the thing that I'm most excited about. Is it's a place where creative content uh, is a a priority, yeah. and being able to just make stuff. And some of it'll stick, and some of it won't. But we're going to be encouraged and allowed, and and uh, given every uh, opportunity and every advantage into creating content. And you know, over the last couple of years, for me, it felt like less and less of my day was consumed with that. And so I'm excited to go back to just thinking up some some fun shit and and putting it out there. It's, it's, I don't think it's hard for people who have never worked at ESPN, um, to understand the, the ethos of the place. And, and it, look, there's a reason why ESPN is as big as it is. And that's because, you know, you've had a lot of really, really talented people for a really long time make it so, um, over the course of the last three decades, really. Um, but it is a place that is to your, like, as you said, I mean, it, 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 parochial does not even begin to describe 
<laughs> the attitude there. So, so when you leave and you're like, you're right. You're like, wait a minute. Other people cover sports. Really? Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. You know? And, and also oh, they let you do that. You get to do that. Right. Right. Like, and so, like over the last, I would say year plus, I've had a lot of conversations with people. I, I talked to Jamel Hill and Michael Smith and, and all these people have gone on to the other side, Carrie Champion. Yeah. And, you know, everyone kind of has the same, the same response, which is when you're, when you're on this side, you feel like there's nothing else. And then mm-hmm. as soon as you leave, you find this universe of opportunities that you just didn't know were available. Right. And, and, and then you get to say, okay, now, now I get to, get to have more of a say in what I'm crafting here, you know, as opposed to just being part of someone else's uh, show or someone else's vision. And I'm excited for that. Yeah. You know, what's so crazy DA is that I always thought of ESPN, especially like five or six years ago Mm -hmm. as um, Bristol faction and not Bristol faction. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, Amin and, you know, the L.A. crew and Levitard in Miami and, you know, a handful of people were the people who weren't in Bristol, who weren't part of that specific culture that I think you guys are referencing. Um, But as the years have gone by, it's become like universally people are moving on and doing their own things. You look at Rosillo over at the Ringer, Mike and Jamel, like Amin just said, these are people that were, you know, ingrained in whatever is happening in Connecticut, even our producer, Jade Hoy, Mm -hmm. you know, another one of those people that was in Connecticut. And now it's just like, it's this other thing, which, you know, more power to ESPN. I hope everything works out for them. Yeah. I mean, when you go on that campus in Bristol, I mean, you just don't understand how big it is compared to the rest of Bristol, Connecticut. It's Mm -hmm. just like, it's its own fiefdom. You know what I mean? (laughs) There just isn't anything else, you know? And so, it's it's you get very insulated very quickly and i think you can become i don't want to say institutionalized is not the right word but you can certainly feel like i mean there's an element of groupthink i would say groupthink i think is a good way to put it yes yes yes, like and and it's hard right like if they've been doing it a certain way and it's yielded been incredibly successful right it's hard to walk in there and say we need to do it different right um And, you know, at times they're right to kind of stick to the script. Sometimes we could afford to probably take some risks and and do things a little different. And I think, you know, that's an exciting thing for me joining Dan is that um, obviously the news broke last week and John Skipper is going to be uh, the CEO of, of this endeavor. And Skipper was responsible for a lot of the let's do this a little differently kind of initiatives mm-hmm. at ESPN over the last decade. Yeah. Whether it was Dan or, or Bill Simmons right. or, or the creation of the undefeated, um, all these kind of things that are a little offbeat that was Skipper. And so that he's going to be part of this next kind of chapter of my life. I'm really excited to get the opportunity to work with him uh, because he's a guy that I, I never actually got to know when, when I, when he was at ESPN. So yeah, this will be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you was two small potatoes. You know man. what? You, you wouldn't have yeah. got to say hey, Was I met him one time. It was All-Star Weekend uh, in New Orleans. And it was Dan and Pablo and John Skipper. 
And they're like, oh, man, yeah. come here. We need John Skipper. And I was, and you know, it's All-Star Week. Yeah, you've been there. You know, sure. late in the night, you've had a couple. Yeah, you scared. It's like, whoa, like, this is like my boss's boss's exactly. boss's boss's boss. I'm not boss. sloppy. I'm not sloppy. <laughs> I'm not throwing up. I'm not staggering. But I also know there is a looseness about me right now that I don't want. <laughs> The boss is the boss of the boss to witness. So I said, hello, right. Mr. Skipper. Nice to meet you. And I I literally turned around and walked away. And I got a text from Dan like 10 minutes ago. 10 minutes later, like, hey, where'd you go? And I said, no, no, I can't be here. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. This is not my, this is not me at my best right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I certainly understand that feeling. Let's bring DA into the conversation here. Welcome to Who Comma is. Jason on the Athletic Podcast Network. Turned it on and I heard Shaq with the barbs and just like the bullshit and bracket. I was transported right back into it. I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> I think I rap better than Shaq. David, David Aldridge. Oh, he's totally playing him. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then he yes. got their lungs out in front of everybody on TV. Michael was not your friend. It was popping enough. Bosnia So the Chicago and Detroit stuff, that was real. That was real. I mean, God forbid we don't have scholarship monies and we can't pay for the charters for the water polo. <laughs> Welcome to Hoop Five Four. We have ignition. So let's let's uh, man uh, look. I I think it's going to be great for you. Um, I think um, the passion that you have about the league will show whatever iteration, whatever you're talking about, um, and however you however that's uh, platformed for you. I think it's going to be great. So. Man, let's 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 jump in. Um, I want to. I don't. I'm not going to say what I think a lot of people think I'm going. I would say, which is they have to shut down the NBA now. No, they don't actually, because I think that they they made their bed now they have to lay in it. Um, because I think stopping now would be worse than keep playing, even though you're going to cancel a lot of games and people are going to get test positive and there's going to be contract tracing and enhanced contact right. tracing. Right. I just don't think right now, I think it would be worse to stop than to continue with the kind of fits and starts that they're doing right now. It's tough. I don't know if there's a right answer to any of this. And again, this is the, the <laughs> part where we have to bring it up, man. Like nobody in the world has the answer. It's, this isn't like the NBA isn't doing well enough. Like who can you point to other than the country of New Zealand? <laughs> who yeah, can you point right. to who's doing this right you know and so when they decided to do this season and do it outside of a bubble they did it with the full knowledge that there was going to be an outbreak and it's guys it's not a coincidence mm-hmm. this is coming a couple weeks after the holidays it's it, this is what we saw after memorial day remember it took about two right. to three weeks for right. us to see the spikes yeah, the spikes nationwide, but this is what the spike is coming from. It's the post-holiday period, and, you know, obviously they've got to batten down the hatches for the time being, but you have to hope that once you get through this, things are going to calm down a little, at least as long as we're properly enforcing all the protocols. Yeah, and they started the season, I mean, because they said – we can't not have a season. Yeah, right, <laughs> like, right. So right. the the idea that they would start this season and end it, it's like, no, no, no. It was decided, like, we, we have to do this. Yeah. No matter what it takes. And what I think is important that people make the, the distinction is between what the NBA 
and the NBA Players Association have negotiated collectively, right? Um, and and together, everybody's in this clear eyed and knows what the ramifications are, both you know, PR-wise, which I don't really think is that important, honestly. I don't understand the NBA's obsession with PR maneuvers around this stuff. Mm-hmm. And economically, like, we, we, like, everybody knows what it is. This is not the same as what I watched on ESPN yesterday, which is Alabama versus Ohio State, where there was no, <laughs> there was no, hey, what do these kids think we should do? <laughs> Right. Like what's their input? Like, how do they feel about it? Or, you know, there was no meeting of the minds or coming to the table. Like the powers that be in that sport, college football said, we're having a season and you guys are going to make it happen no matter what, no matter what the cost Mm -hmm. is. It's different for the NBA. These guys collectively bargained and negotiated to come back. So, they all know what the ramifications are of both their actions and what it means to come back. So it's like, I just, I just don't get the NBA's PR stunt here. It's like, we all know what's happening right now. It's, it, you guys decided you needed to get this money. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just, I, and, and it should be couched as such. Don't you think? I mean, just, you know, <clears throat> health and safety. I get it. I'm not saying they don't pay They haven't worked very hard on their health and safety protocols, but they're playing for the money, it's okay. <laughs> That's really, and it's okay if you're playing for the money. We do, who is a volunteer anything besides right. firefighters in this country? Really? I mean, think about Not it. Not just black athletes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right, 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 right. Nobody does this, nobody does their job because they love their job. And they do, I mean, people say they do it for free. Very few people actually do their jobs for free. Now, most of us get paid to do our work. And, and they're, and, players and teams and owners and they're no different leagues that's okay but just cop to it that's all i'm saying just just say hey look there's a financial imperative for us to finish to, to have and complete a 2021 season with as many games as possible i'm i'm gonna tell you guys like this rule number one is it's always about the money rule number one Every time. rule number one a you don't talk about the money <laughs> why so, not though because okay so remember when daryl morey sent his tweet and uh, the Lakers and I believe the Nets were in China at the time. Right, right. And yeah. LeBron said that, you know, kind of said that was uh, inconsiderate of Daryl to put us in that situation because this is, this is we're in a situation where we could be hurt, uh, you know, physically. We could be hurt, you know. And he named a couple of things. And one of the things he mentioned was financially and people lost their mind. Right. <laughs> and, and like LeBron's not wrong. And it's not just LeBron. It's the entire league. It's it's it's. Teams, it's broadcast partners. It's yeah. a lot of people financially took a hit because of a tweet that Daryl Morey made. But the fact that LeBron would verbalize it made everybody lose their mind. Whatever reason it is, guys, I get what you're saying. But rule number one, it's about the money. Rule number one, A, do not mention the money. <laughs> you right. got to say anything else. Do not say it's for the money because then, then you turn into oh, the worst of the worst. Yeah, I just don't get that. I mean, I know what you're saying, but I think you sell your fans short. Um, I think most fans understand that that leagues cannot suffer billion dollar, multiple billion dollar losses over multiple years and be able to continue. So again, it's okay if you're doing this so that you can keep the league going, because the league would suffer tremendously if you didn't play this year. I get that, and I think well, most fans get that. 
Just be honest about it. That's all. Just be Waz, honest. You know? Waz, you want a PR spin? This is what you do. You bring out someone like, <laughs> this is Robert. He makes do only by the grace of our games being played. He's, he's got three jobs, too. That's what, that's what they, two well, of them are yeah, at but arena. that would be the right way to be doing I that, was, though. No, I was, but they're not doing that. I mean, that, like, I, that, that would be smart to, um, put, you know, basically use the, the frontline workers of the NBA, the ushers and the concession stands and, you know, the people, the secretaries in the team offices, et cetera, et cetera, and put them like, look, man, it's not just these, a millionaire athletes who you guys kind of resent for no freaking reason. Um, it, it's it's because of their, real because of their green and their melanin. <laughs> <laughs> it's real people who are going to be impacted by this. Um, I, I I just you know it's just the the league's perception stuff is kind of just been sticking in my craw more and more recently, right? Um. And I mentioned this uh, on on our show on Sunday, but when they come out and say NBA is not going to skip the line for the vaccine, why? Why? What? Like, who's really going to care about that, mm. right? Like, who's really going to be in their house? Like, it's BS. I'm not watching the NBA anymore because rich people, the owners, secured vaccines for the players. I swear to God, if the NFL did this, they would be, people would be standing up and clapping for them. <laughs> like, they made sure we had football. Right. They got the, them boys vaccinated. Thank God for the NFL. I don't know why the NBA always has to play these weird mind games with the public. It's, it's, it's annoying, quite I frankly. They, like, get these guys vaccinated. Yeah, I think, I think there's a, you know, the, the visual. And, and even though football players, look, a lot of football players get paid a lot, but a lot of them don't, you know, relative to, hmm. to the damage they do to their bodies. But, you know, most NBA players are millionaires. You know, like most of them are, you know, the yeah. vast majority of them, if they get most to a Most football sec- players are not. <laughs> right. Most football players are not. Right. So I think there's a, there's a um, disconnect, I'll put it that way, between fans and NBA players where they can't relate to the any idea that these are human beings with with foibles and faults and fears and problems and all that sort of thing. And so anything that would kind of feed into the narrative, into that disconnect, and I think mm-hmm. basketball players getting vaccines before nurses do and, and you yeah. know, EMTs and things like that would feed into that narrative. I can see why they wouldn't do that. I'm actually glad, though, guys, that they're not – leaning into you know paul works three days a week at, at madison square garden he works six nights a week at msg and he you know this is how he feeds his family that's such first of all almost none of you know what how many teams are actually having fans this year five, five six think, yeah. right you know so it's not it's a very small less than 20 percent of the league as it is and it would be so transparent when all these teams are laying off people left and right anyway in their front offices. It would be, just be so off-putting to me if they did that. So I'm actually glad they're not doing it. This is Cheryl. She works in marketing partnerships. <laughs> <laughs> Cheryl got her MBA at, at Wharton. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it would be a little different, I think. Yeah. So I'm actually- and another thing I need the league to stop doing, yeah. in so many ways they can be – proactive with things we see them just trying new things implementing new rules like attacking stuff on their own in many ways they're proactive with stuff but sometimes they're just too reactive to the internet Mm -hmm. like like what this whole players can't dap each other up 
nonsense. That it's like, do you think these people on Twitter are not watching your well, product because guys are getting sick? Well, no, I'm gonna tell you this. I'm like, this is this one really irritated me about uh, Bradley Beal being in the protocol because. He was seen having a conversation with Jason Tatum at, at half court. I said, what about the guy that guarded Jason Tatum the whole game? Right. What about that guy? Is, is he in protocol? Are we contact tracing him? It, it, I, I said this on the radio the other day. It's not unlike the idea that when I go to, when we go to the airport to have to fly, you got to take off your shoes and they'll x-ray your shoes. And God forbid you're not going to blow anything up with your shoes. By the way, this freight over here. Yeah, I just throw it on the plane. Who gives a shit? Like. <laughs> well, are, we, do, are we doing this because it is a true safety measure or are we doing it to beat our chest to let people know, look at the safety measures. And, right, and yeah. that's what it feels performative. That's, well, that's what, what mm-hmm. yes, yes. And I agree with you. And, and I agree with Waz on, on that. And I think that's to Waz's point. It, it's, it's something that people will put on Twitter or put on Instagram. Look at these players next to each other. They are, they're not taking safety seriously. And so they are, again, as you put it, was reacting to that perception that will happen if they if people take screenshots of Bradley Beal and Jason Tatum in conversation at the free throw line, people will say they're not taking it seriously, you know, and that and that can be repeated hundreds of times a night. Right. If there's enough people willing to do that stupid thing. But we know people are willing to do stupid things in this country. Um, The last Several weeks of por- hey, por- born that out. I'll tell you right now, I can name at least 30 people who were more at risk than Bradley Beal. They're called the Boston Celtics. <laughs> right, Any right. asshole who was on a plane with him, uh, on a bus with him, went to a hotel with him, went to dinner with him, the whole team should be in contact tracing at right. that point. But we're going right. we're gonna to take Bradley Beal off because he had a, a, a conversation at midcourt? It's just ridiculous. Right. It just doesn't. It's, I don't, I'm not here for that. I'm here for, are we going to do real things? And so on that note, guys, I I don't know if you saw that, uh, I believe it was Baxter Holmes for ESPN who did this feature where he talked to a bunch of athletic trainers across the league about Mm -hmm. COVID protocol in positions, these enforcement positions and how in the protocol, the league says every team has to have a uh, testing officer, someone in charge right, of right. administering yeah. tests, someone in charge of contact tracing, a face mask enforcement officer, a facility hygiene officer, a health and wellness awareness officer, and then right. a travel travel safety officer. And it's supposed to not be the trainers, right? It's not it's supposed to not be the athletic trainers because they got so much on their plate already. And and yet, almost unanimously, every single team has taken those roles and just divvied it up on people who worked in. Some of them are the trainers. And there were quotes in there from guys saying, look, I haven't touched a player in two weeks. I haven't been able to do my actual job because this is so much work. And this is a great example. It's nice to say we have a COVID protocol. It's nice to have to require these positions. But what's not nice is you don't make the teams hire new people to do this. Right, And so if we're not doing that, if we're just saying, hey, I know you work 80 hours a week, guy uh, or or ma'am, here, here's some more life and death stuff for you to worry about. And by the way, we have updates continuously. That's that's to me, that's performative. That's not that's not being genuine in terms of we really want to get this under control. Yeah. And and it's and it's not. And even it, it, it. it's a well. I wouldn't say a shortcut. I'm not going to say that. I think you are asking, you are putting more work on a lot of people um, that have so much on their plate already when it comes to the health and well-being of 
really billion dollar athletes, not million dollar athletes, because LeBron James is worth a billion dollars to the Los Angeles Lakers. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I mean, I just, there's a lot of gray area. And again, this is why I thought they should delay the start of the season. I didn't say they shouldn't have a season. I said they should delay it so that they can figure out some of these things instead of having teams have to do it on the fly with next to no time to prepare in the middle of the worst of this pandemic nationwide. So, Yeah, I, it's, it's, you know, I, I just watching it play out. And because we watch football, baseball, college sports go through this exact thing already, yeah. right? Like they did their season and they all had these blips. Like every single sport had it. The NBA is now having it, but it seems, I don't know, it always just seems like the NBA is just so panicked about the public perception and they're just putting out these harried responses about what the new protocols are and, you know, we're we're, we're encouraging guys not to invite guests to their rooms in the hotel. I mean, (laughs) that wasn't encouraged already? Like, what? It's, you know, it's, it's, it's hilarious. And, and just watching NBA fans or people who call themselves NBA fans, like losing themselves online. I'm just like, what do people think is going on out here? I don't know. It's, it's fascinating to just watch it though. Guys, 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 no more orgies. What? No, no. (laughs) I know. I'm just as upset as you are about this, but this is coming straight from the top. (laughs) All right. Fine. All right, let's let's try to transition to a little bit of basketball. <laughs> just oh, just Lord. a little bit. What is up with your what is up with your Raptors, man? What's going on there? It's, it's kind of weird. I I they have a you won't believe this. They have a worse record than the Wizards do right now. Like they're lower in the standings than the Wizards are right now. What's going on? Oh, are these Waz's I mean, Raptors? <laughs> yes, Waz's Raptors. I mean, look, it's crazy. Like, obviously, they were never going to be a quality offensive team, right? You know, the theory was that they would come out and not lose too much from having lost Gasol and Sergi Baca defensively. And that would, you know, get them stuff in transition, forcing turnovers. Because th- that's what their bread and butter has been the past few years was just they could turn into, you know, absolute beasts on defense. And their defense hasn't really been there in the way that it has been in the past. And the offense is just, oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's it's Nixian it's- how bad how bad it is. So, you know, the defense is, isn't carrying the day. The offense never was. And, you know, the things that would have helped them offensively just aren't happening right like the transition stuff not playing in half court because let's face it like how is this team supposed to score in the half court if Pascal Siakam is who we think he is uh Cal Lowry is who he thinks we think he is at this point in his career Norm Powell has turned into a pumpkin all of a sudden uh they just it's tough it's tough I think they'll I think they will get better as the season progresses I think there's a lot of just weird things to the start of this season, just how abrupt it's been and all of that. But I'm, man, yeah, uh, I'm willing to, it's tough. Yeah. I'm willing to, I, I think I agree. You know, we can't make, you know, hard and fast declarations based off of the first, you know, three weeks of the season. Um, there's just so much weirdness going on and playing in empty arenas is for the most part anyway, is, is 
really does have an impact. I think it does. Toronto had one of the best home court advantages in the league. They're in Tampa. You know what I mean? Like they have no home court advantage this year, even though they may have fans down there. It's just not the same. Um, so you know, yeah, I think you know, I don't want to make judgments, but it it's just odd to me that they're two and eight as we tape this. That's just they had a big lead Monday night against Portland. They blew that. I just they just don't look at all like themselves. It just seems weird to me. You know, uh, home court advantage. I think sometimes we overblow what it means as far as fans in the seats. A lot of it is I sleep in my bed. I'm yeah. comfortable. I see my family every night. I like. Right. That's a lot of what's baked into home court advantage. It's just a familiarity with your environment. And, you know, obviously being down in Tampa, this is, no, I mean, no one's done this. And it's not like the bubble where everyone could say, well, we're all uncomfortable. We're right, all sleeping right, right, in, a, right. in, a, in a strange bed. No, not, we're the only ones who are going through this. So I, I wouldn't, like, cast that aside as far as a, a, a factor. The other thing is, it's one of those things where they're, it's going to sound weird. They're not that bad. They just it hasn't translated into wins. So if you look at their right. net rating, I believe they're like minus one and a half. Min- yeah, that's not. Terrible. I mean, that's, that's not two and eight. That's not two and eight exactly. It's I'm not saying right. they're setting the league on fire, but it's also not two and eight. And then, um, you know, even in losses, if you took away all their wins because they had a couple of big wins, yeah. um, you're still talking about like minus six, which is miles better than most other teams net rating in losses like in losses they're actually pretty close in these games the problem is is when you blow a lead or you know as they did the other night and but idea you brought up the wizards they're kind of in the same boat you're not that far off now the difference between the wizards and the and the the raptors is the raptors are mediocre on both ends of the floor right now right and they they can't afford yeah. to be they have to be better defensively because yep. offense is not going to come easy for them the Wizards are great offensively and literally one of the worst defenses of all They're time. Horrendous. They are so bad defensively that a good defensive night on Monday got them up to twenty seventh in defensive yep. rating. Yep. That's yep. how so, bad they are. So so last year they 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 lock, they clocked in as the seventh worst defense. Ever right, right. Yeah. <laughs> and this year they're up to eighth worst. Yeah, no, they're ever. It's, it's just horrendous. So that's improvement. I hear. Yeah. I heard of improvement. There. They're so bad. They're so but, bad. You know what just, I think is also just playing playing Robin Lopez at center, and you know Robin Lopez is a is a solid NBA center. I don't even think Robin Lopez would say he's a great NBA center, but he knows how to guard the paint. Mm-hmm. You know, he knows how to rebound, knows how to put a body right. on people. Just just one guy who is competent defensively <laughs> makes them 10 points better than they were. You know, it's incredible. <laughs> I mean, but but the, the reality is both of those teams from different perspectives are dealing with the same thing. In the case of the Wizards, can we go from historically bad to just bad? Just right? bad, yeah. They're, right. The Wizards are right. just bad. They're a 500 team or right. better. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Just run-of-the-mill bad, yep. just your general Denver Nuggets level <laughs> right. bad. Yeah. You ain't got to right. wow anybody. You don't have to be the, the 94 Knicks. You just, you just got to be bad, regular bad, right? right? And right. then, But the, the, the Raptors, though, they don't even get to – they don't have that luxury. They have to be yeah. no. trending towards top 10. In order to have a chance, and and if that's not the case, then I like I think it's going to be a long season for him. So what are we? T- and, the West. Oh, go ahead, Wes. I'm sorry. 
No, I think another thing that that's happening specifically with teams on the defensive end anyway is when I remember when the bubble started up, like the playing games, the actual games, not even preseason, even though preseason was pretty freaking intense. Yeah. I was I was marveling at the intensity that guys were playing at as soon as this thing started. It was like, wow, like these guys are playing hard as hell, executing. It was noticeable, right? But at the same time, it's what, eight playing games. And if you make the playoffs, you get into the only part of the season that any of these guys care about anyway. So it's like, this is such a short runway. Then we get to the fun part. I can understand guys jumping in head first and doing what they're doing. Whereas this is like a long ass 72 game season. In the middle of a pandemic, yeah, I, I can understand why some of the effort has been up and down with a lot of these teams, and particularly defensively, where dudes generally don't want to play defense anyway. Um, I, I understand some of the stuff that we're seeing right now. Yeah, it's it's it, the, the inconsistency is just remarkable. And the, and the swings and points, I mean, people are regularly blowing 20 point leads now. And I know that happens more than you think in the NBA, but it doesn't have, it does just doesn't feel like it's hap- It happens like it's happening this year where these, there's these incredible swings and in momentum and people are just coming back. And I know the three has a lot to do with that, but it, it feels weird. What, what do we make of the West? Because I don't want to, again, make too much out of the, the very early part of the season and everybody's pretty bunched up. I mean, you know, there's not that the, the Timberwolves who are the last team in the West are still only four and a half out of the last spot. Right. So I don't want to make it out. Like there's this incredible variance, but I do think it's kind of interesting to me that I don't think anybody had San Antonio or OKC being very good this year. And I I'll be, I'll be honest. I have not seen OKC play a full game yet. I've, I've watched them a little bit here so, and there, um, but I've watched San Antonio a couple of games and they're not bad. You know what I mean? Like they really aren't that bad, you know? So um, I wonder what you guys think. What are you seeing early well, on out West? That- I, I'm, I'll tell you like this, when it comes to San Antonio, I learned a long time ago from movies like Halloween and Nightmare on Elm Street, like, they're not dead. They're never dead. Just when you thought they're dead, they come back one more time. And so, I, like, at, on paper, you just say, this is a team that has DeMar DeRozan. However you feel about his style of play, he's still really good at it. LaMarcus Aldridge, yeah. same there. right? DeJounte Murray, mm-hmm. he's good. Uh, and And then a nice young supporting cast. Like, those three guys plus a bunch of dudes who aren't terrible, plus a coach who is probably the best of all time in terms of putting yeah. his team in a position to be successful. That That's all you really need to stay afloat. And, and and to me, I'm not surprised with them. Oklahoma City might be the opposite of what we talked about with uh, with Washington and Toronto, where the other end of the the your net rating indicates you're awful, but somehow you yeah. – found your way to 500 in these games because so, right. they are the third worst net rating in the league right now minus 6.6 uh per 100 possessions they should not be 500 but they are and so mm-hmm. for the time being you pat them on the back and you say good job but a team that every time they lose almost every time they lose was a blowout that's that, that to, in the same way that i look at toronto and say 
you you blew the lead against Portland, but you were also good enough to build that lead. Right, right, right. Yeah. Like yeah. In, exactly. in a weird way, I'm not trying. I know the Bill Parcells, you 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 are who your record says you are, but on some level, you have to be good enough, as opposed to you're getting your head caved in night in and night out. Like that's that's probably not a good sign of how good you are at basketball. Yeah, and and I think what's happening with OKC is they do have a lot of young guys who I like. Obviously, Lou Dort, fellow Haitian, I mean, <laughs> shouts to Lou Dort. They're, every, um, they're everywhere now. I like, <laughs> I know, I like Baisley. I, I obviously Shea Gildress Alexander, um, you know, Nikhil Alexander Walker, all of these other guys. Um, they, they play, they play hard. I don't think they're good, <laughs> but right now. Right now, um, it, this in this portion of the season, that's going to be a skill set, right? Like I, I watched the Lakers literally da sleepwalk through their game against Memphis, mm-hmm. missing their two best players, clearly their two best players, and the Lakers literally slept walked through that game and said, "All right, there's three minutes left. Let's go out and try to win now." And they did by the skin of their teeth because they just didn't try. <laughs> It's just like straight up that team has no business being in a competitive game against the Lakers, but they're just like, eh. and I think a lot of teams, if, if you are playing hard and you have, you know, decent, I think that's a lot of what you're seeing with the Knicks right now. I think some of these teams are playing harder than people and are catching them by surprise and are winning. Um, and, And conversely, I think somebody like Denver you know, speaking of the West, is not actually playing as hard as they possibly can right now. Um, and I think because their defense is obviously they lost some defensive talent in the offseason, but their defense is worse than it even should be, right? Um, I think there's a lot of teams that are, you know, OKC because they're not playing for anything for real. They know they have no future as far as this season comp- competitively. Um, they're just going for it. Whereas Denver's like, look, this season's going to be long. We plan on being in the playoffs. We went to the conference finals last year. We're going to do what we have to do to get to the playoffs, but we're not killing ourselves yeah. yet. I wonder what Denver, and it's a little different from the Lakers because they were in the conference finals too, but the Lakers brought in four or five new guys, right? So a lot yeah. of those guys weren't in the conference finals. But with Denver, it's pre- it's basically the same team that was in the conference finals. And I just wonder if they're just tired. You know that old Chris Paul, no Chris, not Chris Paul, Chris Rock thing. You know why is Chris why is Chris falling asleep? Because Chris tired. You know, <laughs> I took three buses to get here. <laughs> you know, um, and I think it might just be that mentally they're just not into it right now. To your point, I just think maybe they're like, dude, we just got back from Orlando. We're fried, you know, mentally, and we expended a lot of mental energy in Orlando to get as far as we got. And we'll see y'all in March. You know what I mean? Like, I think that might, I think you may be on to something there. And I, you know, I don't think it's that they're not trying. I think it's just that they don't have it right but, now. You know, but, they but just this, can't bring it like, this like is you my, would want, expect them to. This is my counterpoint. Outside of Gary Harris and Jamichael Green, name a good defensive player on Denver. Good? Paul Millsap. He's, He's still pretty good. years old. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Sinatra sat in this chair right now and said, hey, Frank, who are you? How old is Paul Millsap? You know what he said? He's 135 years old. (laughs) Uh, It's so hard. And and by the way, Jermichael Green isn't really like 
good. Yeah, like, he's not. He's he's fine. He's not Kevin right. Garnett. And, and, and he wasn't there he's last exactly. year. Exactly. He wasn't there last year. Yeah. So so, so, so like uh, you know, part of I mean, I, I get it. Maybe they are mentally fatigued and fried, and and they're they're leaving something in the tank for the second half of the season. I'll, I'll allow for all that happening, but also they don't have the personnel to be a good defense. They lost all of those people walked out the door over the last yeah. year. You know, like Malik, the Malik Beasley one is the one that I'm still, I still am trying to wrap my head around other than it was just too many guys and they didn't want to have to pay everybody. Right. They gave away Malik Beasley for nothing. Yeah, that guy's good. He yeah. plays both ends of the floor. And I, I just, I didn't understand that one. And so I, I like. They probably they probably knew they were going to keep Grant no matter what. That's probably yeah. what it was. It was like, obviously, we're keeping Grant, so we don't want to have to pay for Beasley. And then Grant was like, I, I want to go be Ron Harper oh <laughs> in Detroit. Yeah. Aaron Aflalo 2.0 over here. Brother, I am not. You know what? I'm not mad at Jeremy Grant. He got the paper and he getting all the shots. I am not mad at him. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> I want, uh, who wants to be an eighth man? I don't want to be no damn eighth man. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I do want to ask you, you know, staying on the West, because I know you and I were both, like, really bullish on Utah last year, yeah. and they disappointed us. Let's face it, they did. And then I came into this season drinking the same Kool-Aid, and I'm like, eh, I'm not really sure. Although I do love how Mike Conley looks. He looks so much more comfortable right. doing everything. Like his his pick and roll with Rudy, he looks more comfortable with the timing on that. His jumper, he looks so much more comfortable launching that thing unafraid. But like, I don't know. It just feels like something's missing with Utah. Yeah, no, right I'll now. tell you what's missing. It's called defense. Yeah. Again, like so, <laughs> some fifteenth, fifteenth yeah, defensive rating. You're Utah. You don't get to like this. Can't be. That can't be something that you're you slack on, right? Mm-hmm. Your that's, that's your thing. That's yeah. your identity. Your your very yeah. identity is being a an elite defense. And you know the problem started. I'm gonna tell you all right now. The problem started um, last year around this time when they announced the All Star reserves and Rudy Gobert was on it. If you look at oh, Utah's God. defensive rating since that date, wow. They've they've just they fall they were from top five. He gets announced as an all star, and then everything changed. And now now now, in the words of Oscar Schmidt, some people are paid to play the piano, and some people are paid to carry the piano. Right. Rudy Rudy wants to play the piano. He don't want to yeah. carry pianos anymore. Yeah, but then see, they're still top ten in, in opponent field goal percentage. You know what I mean? They're still top ten in three point percentage. But they're 15th in defensive rating. You know what I mean? Like something isn't working, and I'm not sure what it is. I, you know, I, I freely acknowledge that. But they are not locking people down like they used to. Maybe I hadn't thought about Rudy. Um, but again, it's not just them though, Da. Like I look at somebody like Boston, yeah, who, like for the past, basically since Brad Stevens got there. They've been elite at defense. Yeah. Every single season, they're reliably one of the best defenses in the league. Right now, they're just paper mache. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like it, 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 they're playing with no force on that end, right? And, it, and you know, granted, they're doing their thing offensively. Uh, J- Jalen Brown looking like a, a damn superstar, which is great, which we love. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but they, they're not playing up to snuff. There's so many teams... The Clippers, oh my goodness. The Clippers just, they're freaking turnstile on defense. Like so many of these teams that we expect 
to, if not be dominant on that yeah. end of the floor, be baseline really good. And and they're just not, you know? And, and it's hard for me to not see this, uh, you know, abrupt start to the season as part of the reason for that. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, you, you think about it's easier to practice offense by yourself. It's impossible right. to practice defense by yourself, right? You, It's all got to be part of a larger collective. And if guys don't have an offseason and training camp is truncated and our preseason was limited to two or three games, then when are we supposed – and we have no practices, right? Because right. once the season starts – No practice, no shoot-arounds, nothing. It, it's it's hard to, you know, be – get better at this end of the floor. Having said that, it's not like Utah brought in seven new guys. Yeah. It's the same dudes who've been there for years. <laughs> same cats. So what's the deal? <laughs> and, and again, like for me, for some of these, you're right, maybe the Clippers, maybe uh, Boston – they're going through a little bit of fatigue or weariness or whatever. But for Utah, this started before the pandemic. This slippage at the defensive end started before the pandemic. And unlike those other teams, Utah's central identity is built yes. around yeah, the reason for their being whole, is yeah, I was going to say their whole raison d'etre, like my man said, <laughs> raising Arizona. <laughs> no question. Facts. Yeah. So yeah, it is, it is, it is weird um, that they have done that. Now, do we want, I don't know. Do we want to do these questions now with the audience? We've asked fans to send us questions. Waz, what do we got? Waz, what do we um, got, buddy? curating it or oh, you got it? I, I got, I got one. Oh, I, okay. I, yeah, yeah, I got them right here. I got a bunch of them. I'm not like I said. I'm not going to uh, greatest of all time. Ones, MJ or LeBron? But... <laughs> <laughs> ah, exactly. I'm going Redberg Redbird Craig. I guess he's a Louisville fan. Um, have any of you materially changed your opinion on any team based on the first fifteen percent of the season? That's a good question. That's a good question. I would, I would say, I, I would say, Red Bird Craig. I'm, I'm shocked by how, how, how good Cleveland is defensively. Shocked, shocked. <laughs> how good they've been. They are number one in defensive rating in the league. Number one. Uh, Larry Nance, I think, is number one in either. I think it's blocks or steals. I'm not sure which one. But I'm just dumbstruck by how good they are defensively so far. It's early, but they've. I mean, they're. They've won five. They're almost five hundred for a reason. It's because they're they've been a really good defensive team so far this year. I think for me, uh, I, I didn't think KD was going to look anywhere close to this. Um, obviously, the playoffs is the, are the ultimate test for somebody of K, KD's caliber, but he's looked explosive. He's looked reasonably quick, right? Like, I don't think he's ever going to get that first step back yeah. and that burst, you know, to get separation when he dribbles past people. I don't know that he's able going to be able to explode like that. But what he has right now, what he came into day one of the season with, I didn't think was going to be possible. Yeah. Um, and he looks amazing. Now, that whole Nets thing, <laughs> yeah. not going to lie, I was pretty spot on about it being a mess all season. Yeah. Um, and just crazy and volatile. I know, I know Amin was on that, that train as well. Two years now. Um, but KD, how he looks, he looks, he looks great. And I didn't think that that would be the case. Yeah. No, that, that's definitely 
one. I, I, I'll go a different way with the same kind of uh, angle uh, was go with Houston. I know they're kind mm. of an up and down, but they're surprisingly a lot more competent than I thought they would be given the specter <laughs> of the trade request and all. And uh, John Wall, much like KD, he right. looks amazing. He, yeah, I mean, looks I'm, really I'm good. <laughs> truly marveling at how good he looks. Yes, yes. Um, he looks really good. And props to him because I did not think he would be this good. I thought he would be up and down, one game good, right. one game awful. And he hasn't been. He's been pretty good. Yeah, throughout the first, you know. uh, yeah, people didn't think he was going to be as good as Russell Westbrook. Yeah, but <laughs> Russell, I'll say this in Russell Westbrook's defense: I don't, he hadn't been healthy all year. It's been clear to me. Like he just doesn't even—he has no explosiveness. And you don't lose—you don't go from one of the five most explosive guys in the league to three forty-eight in one in one off season. Right. You just don't, you know. So, and I, a year ago, this time he—this is when he started. Killing people, yeah, yeah, you know. Um, so it's not like he wasn't explosive last year, right? Right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, do you want to do another question, Jay? I don't mind doing another one. And yeah, let's forget. do. Let's do another question. Don't and forget. This come sorry, Wes. You could write to us when we post a question every week on Twitter. Oh yes. Or if you have any other means of getting to yes, the guys. athletic athletic NBO um, show. Yes. Facebook, yes. Get to it. it. Get Instagram. Get at us. There's <laughs> nothing stupid. stupid. No stupid. Nothing questions. stupid. I don't want a stupid. I don't I want. I don't want the Knicks should trade Frank Nilakina yeah. to the Clippers for Kawhi. Okay, I don't want that. That's a stupid question. Yeah, don't ask you, me those. Did you just ask the internet to not ask stupid questions? Right. Maybe we yeah. should yeah. ask them you're to right. ask stupid questions. I mean, you're right. You're much. right. You're right. <laughs> That's a bit. Much. Much. So this question comes from Killer Mike, who says. How amazing not, are the not Warriors? That <laughs> not that killer, Mike. Um, which obviously is a sarcastic question. I'm sure Mike is a Warriors fan, and you know I'm somebody who was just down on the Warriors. The idea of the Warriors this season, um, you know, I think they're trending in the right direction. I think it looks better than it did yeah. for sure. Having Draymond there and having Draymond be engaged is is huge for them, but. You know, and I'll say this over and over again. Steph had the best game of his life, and they barely beat Portland. Yeah. Like, barely beat this team. And, again, I'm not going to wish injury on anybody, but, like, he goes down for even 10 games. Oh, of course. It's a wrap. Oh, of course. It's over. I don't know why, why. Oh, that's, yeah, yeah. That's a no-brainer right there. I, I mean, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but you, And even when he's playing, I don't really like this team. But go ahead. I, I, I'm going to say uh, a couple of things, right? First of all, um, you got to understand, I think when you look at the Warriors, everyone on this roster not named Steph, Draymond, or I guess Looney, they've never been part of winning, yeah. right? Yes. Right. <laughs> Ever. Right. Like Wanamaker, obviously, in Boston, but sure. bit role, right? Uh, right. Uh, never been a main cop Baysmore, on a winner. Yeah, Baysmore, again, like it was a year in Atlanta. Atlanta. He was in Atlanta when they were but. There. but when I talk about Wiggins, Oubre, Pascal, Toscano Anderson, Mulder, Scully, the the, the brother-in-law, like oh, oh, like the, this cigarette man. Yes, this band of merry men that they have out there. I'm not knocking them on their talent. I'm just telling you they have never experienced success, sustained success in this league. And by success, I mean like 500. 
between the, yeah. the, the whole group of them. That's what I was going to say. They've Like, Oubre and, and Wiggins have never even been on a sixth seed. Right, exactly. Right? Like, Wiggins was on that eighth seed where Jimmy Butler right. basically well, no, willed no, these Uber fools. was on the Wizards when they were, um, the year they won 49 and they got to the second round and lost in seven to Boston. He was on yeah, the team. Yeah, that, and that, that was, oh, was he but that, they but, were, a, was, were they a five? They were a five. But what, but, but, but what was his role on that? I mean, it's, it's, it's not even. Sure. But it's sure. to me, it's not even that. It's just okay. That's one year. Yeah, Same yeah. thing with Wiggins. Yeah, okay, fair, fair you fair had fair. your one year. Other than yeah. that, the entirety of your NBA career is playing for losers. Yeah. Is being part of a losing culture, and definitely not the standards that they have in Golden State. What they've had over the last half decade or so. So, all of this stuff is brand new to them. Things like. Hey, Steph just passed me the ball. That's not an invitation for you to start jab stepping. <laughs> that means he's going somewhere. And you gotta So they're all learning on the job. And what we're seeing as they're getting better, part of that is them. Oh, and, and Draymond oh, Draymond right. being back it helps that too, because he points it out to you. No, when he does that, he's running there. So be ready, mm-hmm. just throw it in that direction in the corner. Doesn't matter if you don't see him, he'll be there, right? Right, right. The other right. part of this is we had Brandon Payne, who's who's Steph's trainer, yeah. uh, on on the Haber show uh, last week, I believe, and he said Steph has gotten accustomed to everyone knowing what they're supposed to do, and so he doesn't need to be aggressive. He goes through the flow of the offense, and uh, we'll figure it out even if we start rough. And he's had to learn. No, these guys. When things start rough, they start to lose confidence. Their body language goes south. So mm. Steph has to be aggressive and and be the confidence that these guys yeah. don't yeah. quite yet have. And and yeah. the earlier he does it, the less of a need for it to for heroics to happen later. Right. That's a great point. I mean, I, you know, I guess when you you know you play against or you play with, I should say. All stars, you know, there's a there's a certain amount of deference, I think, that everybody gives to everyone else, right? Like if I'm not flowing, Clay'll get going. If he's not going, Katie'll get going. You know what I mean? We don't have to worry so much if we start slowly because somebody's going to get going, um, and they don't have that luxury right now. Um, they're th- and it, and it's very. There's a tell with Golden State. It's very simple. In their six wins, they've shot 41 percent on threes. In their four losses, they've shot 24% on threes. It's very simple. Like, somebody besides Steph has to make a couple threes. And if they do, they'll be all right. But if they don't, then they're in, they are in a world of hurt. Um, well, as you'll remember, Ethan Strauss used to talk about this all the time when they were great. He said, Golden State's not a good three-point shooting team. They don't. They didn't. It's funny. They they literally had no three point shooting outside of Clay and Steph. And, of course, and, they ended up direct. getting KD, yeah, yeah. which turned it into you know another you know super monster. But when they had just Clay and Steph, it was those were literally the only two shooters on the team. It's, it's the it's a real thing because when we think about a great three point shooting team, it's mostly usually about role players. Who space yeah, the floor right. so that the stars can do whatever the hell they want? And the kids are going to say, it's "Like, no, all the threes are coming from their three best players." Yeah. And so, so now, and that's kind of been something that, if you want to criticize Bob Myers, I don't think they've done enough, a good enough job at adding sufficient spacing to this team. Yeah, but I, I'll, I'll give. I think you're right in, in retrospect, but I do think you have to allow for the fact that they really 
did get kind of caught at the 11th hour, 59th minute with Clay going down. What did he go down? Like two days before camp started? You know what I mean? Like you're not expecting him not to be there, right? So you, you're expecting him to be back and be Clay Thompson again. And you're, you know, you're going to ride the Splash Brothers as far as you can go. So I can't kill Bob Myers for not having a plan B in his pocket in case his best player blows out his Achilles two days before camp. You know, I mean, that's just kind of, you know, you don't replace him. How do you replace him? You replace him with Kelly Oubre is what you do. That's the best you could do uh, with the with the notice that they had. Um, so what, what do we, I guess I would say as we get close to the end here, like what is it that, you guys expect to, what do you expect to see in the next couple of weeks? It can be team, player, league, COVID. You know, is there something that is out there that you expect to kind of make itself known in the next week or two to kind of maybe change the standings a little bit? You know what I mean? Like, like I'll give, I'll give you an example. I think Westbrook's out for a week when he comes back. I think he'll be healthier. I think the Wizards will start winning some games. I just think I just I agree with you. I mean, I don't think they're this bad. I've watched a lot of their games, and they've been in all of them. They just have been really bad at the end. And frankly, Russ has been one of the people that hadn't been very good at the end. Um, so I think they'll be better as he gets better and healthier. I think for me, maybe by the middle of next month. So about a month from now, I think we'll see, we'll have a clearer picture of who these teams like really are. Cause you got to figure we started in December and usually the season technically starts in December, right? Like (laughs) on Christmas, which is about two and a half months after opening night. So I think for this season is going to be more of the same. We started in November and by like mid to late February, Things will start to round into form. Your teams will play more consistently than they have been. So, because it's been so, like, teams have been so up and down. Like, the Clippers lost by 50 one game. Like, that, that's just crazy to me. I don't think we're going to see outcomes like that in two and a half months. I think it's going to stabilize by the end of next month. But right now, especially through all of this COVID protocol, et cetera, et cetera, um, it's going to be pretty inconsistent for a little bit longer. Yeah, the the stat nerds will tell you that you need at least 20 games to feel confident about a team's performance being indicative of who they are. And for players, that's about 500 minutes for a player to say, okay, this is who he is. And so, yeah, I think we've got another, what is that, month or so? In another yeah. month, we'll get a clearer idea of like how much of this is real. Is Cleveland really that good defensively? Is uh, you know are are the 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 uh, Indiana Pacers really this good offensively? Like all these kind of weird outlier performances that we're seeing, right. we're gonna get some more clarity about. Damn, I, I gotta say this how about. Did you see what Brogdon said about? I mean, he didn't mention Nate McMillan's name, but it was obvious who he was talking about. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I, I, I did not. I did not see what he said. It was literally like you know we we were just we didn't get coached offensively last year. You know we just we just did, you know we're just so much better coached now than we've Look, ever been. You know it's I, just like ooh wow. I love, I love. I mean, it is they are doing some of the more lower hanging fruit of just not taking a bunch of mid rangers and just doing threes now. Yeah, uh, like and. 
it's funny because uh, Nate Bjorken was an assistant coach in Iowa when they were our G League affiliate in Phoenix. So yeah. I know Nate very well. Um, worked with him a lot, a lot over the years. Uh, and and this is who he is. He's a very open-minded, open-floor kind of offensive mind. And so I'm not surprised by that. Similarly, uh, I'm not surprised about, like, criticisms of Nate McMillan's offense because I remember when he was in Portland, you know, we kind of looked at them like you're in the Stone Age. You got, uh, you know, Brandon Roy and you got LaMarcus Aldridge and you got Channing Frye and, and they just used them in this really weird way. And Andre Miller was his point guard. And they just had a, a weird offensive style, very slow, grinded out style. So um, that's not a criticism I think that is surprising. Um, but yeah, it is a little weird to hear you know someone enthusiastically <laughs> throw his, his coach under the bus. Just go, I mean, just go back. I was like, wow, really? I mean, you know, I get it. You know, it's okay to say that we're doing some things better than we did. But wow, anyway. <laughs> They are they are winning, so I got to give them credit. They're, they're playing good, and I, I I'm glad they didn't trade Miles Turner. I like Miles a lot, and I think although he would have been good in Boston, I think I'm I'm happy he's been able to stay there and and flourish and do well so far along with Sabonis. Good good young one two punch. So, I mean, brother, I'm so happy for you. I'm happy that you're getting the chance to to fly your flag, you know, in a in a different way and in a different spot where. They'll uh, appreciate you and, and take advantage of your skills. And, man, uh, best of luck to you, man. Thank you for jumping in with us today, man. This was great. Uh, anytime, DA. You guys know where to find me. I'm ready. Man, my my brother, I appreciate it. Waz, man, stay healthy in them streets out there, man. It's crazy out there right now. Everybody, please. Yes, sir. This next week, let's try to get through it, see what we can do on the other side. But, uh, you know, lay low if you can because um, it's crazy out there. Anyway, everybody be good. And uh, leave that five-star review for us. If you see us on Apple, on Spotify, on Google Play, all of the places that uh, the Athletic NBA show is on. Uh, and, you know, if you aren't subscribing, subscribe to us. We are a very good podcast, and we do this whoa, every whoa, week. Whoa, 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 whoa. One more question from at LeBron forever. Is Steph a top 25 player? Jade, you're so stupid. (laughs) All right, I'm out of here, y'all. Later. All right. Send you this transcript.